Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode nine of PogRx. Let's go. I am your host, GamerDoc, and I am pumped to talk about the science of gaming and the science behind gaming with you today. Thank you all for tuning in. It has been fantastic to see the numbers grow and to get your comments on Twitter about the show. I am always open to suggestions. If there is something you want to learn about, if there's something you want to hear about, shoot me a message. Find me on Twitter at GamerDoc underscore and I'll do it. So today we have a really awesome guest. His name is Jake Middleton. He is one of those OG performance coaches in esports who has been around since the dawn of time. So I am super pumped to talk about what him and the people over at Atomus are doing. But before that, last week, in case you missed the show, it was a good one. We started talking about the why and understanding the why. I think that's really important. Part of growing as a human, part of getting better at anything is starting to ask the correct questions. You just don't want the right answers, right? You want you want to be asking the correct questions and why is a big one. If you are told to do something and you do not understand the why, you should understand the why. That, that goes for medicine. If a doctor tells you to take a medicine, do something. Why are you supposed to do that? You should know that. Be an informed consumer. And so we're going to talk about the why of exercise. So this one's kind of cool because, I don't know, like the human body to me is just the most fascinating thing alive the way in which our bodies adapt and change is remarkable. Like, I'm really surprised we can't live forever yet, right? Like, like if a lizard or a gecko uses, loses its tail, it gets regenerated. That's happening in our body, but not on that level. And I'm just, it's remarkable the things our body to do. So why do we exercise? Why do we train? And what happens during training? So let's talk first about strength training. So when you're weightlifting, right? when people are weightlifting, you see those bodybuilders walk around with those ridiculous muscles. No offense if you're a bodybuilder, but, but some of those just seem ridiculous. It's like you took a big deep breath and, you know, closed your ears and your mouth and just blew and buffed yourself up, right? But how does that happen? How do you go from like a, a human with minimal body mass to that? So gaining bulk, gaining muscle is a, is a highly specialized process. But basically, if you think about it, our muscles are like a woven sheet, right? Like a woven sheet with threads running between it. And when you lift something heavy, when you lift a heavy weight, those muscle fibers tear a little bit. They do. You cause structural damage when you're weightlifting, which is actually kind of cool. Uh, and so it tears. And then your body responds to that by taking protein and repairing the tears, right? It takes protein and it repairs those tears you caused by lifting heavy weights, but it rebuilds it slightly stronger, slightly stronger, not, not a lot stronger, slightly stronger. And if you've ever tried to gain muscle mass, it's hard, right? You, you go to the gym three times a week for like two months and you're like, you feel slightly more toned and like slightly better, but you still kind of look the same. That's why, because when our muscles repair, they only repair a, a tiny little bit. So you have to tear those muscles over time again and again and again and again to really get that big muscle hypertrophy. Something else that happens, and this is why our muscles don't get bigger, but we get stronger. Sometimes one of the reasons at least is your body needs ATP 
to work, right? ATP. Everyone remembers that from middle school. It's basically like the Red Bull of the body, right? It gives us wings. So your body has this supply of ATP and it's contracting, 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 and all of a sudden it runs out, right? So next time your muscle is going to have a little bit more ATP and it's going to use that ATP a little bit more efficiently. So if you want to build muscle, if you're looking to build muscle when you're strength training, think about the why, right? Why do you need more protein? Because when your muscle goes to rebuild, it needs those building blocks. It needs them, right? Because you don't have a ready supply of protein available. It's not like sugar, right? If you want sugar, if your brain needs sugar, it says, hey, liver, give me sugar, and the liver releases sugar. If your body needs protein and it doesn't have it readily available, it breaks down muscle, And that doesn't make sense, right? So if you're not eating enough protein, you're building muscle, but you're also breaking down the muscle. You know, you do leg day and it's breaking down arm day to to feed leg day. That's why protein consumption is so important. And that's why protein consumption is so important the rest day too. The day after you need to drink that protein shake, you need to eat that extra egg or however you get protein, you want to make sure you're getting protein the next day as well. And for, for the maximum muscle bulk, what you're going to want to do is 6 to 12 reps per set and you're going to want to put a minute and a minute and a half between those sets, okay? So that's the why of getting stronger. But, you know, we're not all about strength training. There's aerobic training and endurance training as well. So to me, how I describe aerobic training is like being in shape, right? So have you ever taken a couple weeks off exercise or maybe a couple months off or a couple years off and all of a sudden you walk up a flight of stairs or a couple flights of stairs and you just can't friggin' breathe, you can't breathe and you hope if there's someone around you, you're like, you're super like fighting and you're like, because you don't want to hear how hard you don't want them to know how hard you're breathing going up two flights of stairs. And I hope it's someone you don't have a crush on or like someone you're trying to impress because that's you're suddenly sweating and you're like trying to wipe your sweat. Yeah, that's because you're out of shape, right? Your heart rate starts to go up. Your heart rate starts to go up. Why does your heart rate go up? Some of you might know a little bit of the answer to this. Some of you might know the whole answer to this. But basically, remember when we were talking about how when you're exercising and those muscles are being used, you're using ATP? Well, so in order to contract, muscles need a supply of nutrients, right? They need a supply of nutrients. They need oxygen from your blood. They need ATP. But they're also creating waste products, right? And how your body gets nutrients and takes away waste products is with your blood. So if your blood's going by the muscle at a steady rate and all of a sudden you increase your activity, that blood flow needs to increase. And in the beginning, what your body does is increase the amount of times your heart is pumping, right? Heart pumps twice as fast, you're bringing twice as much blood, it's moving twice as fast, you're bringing twice as much products to the muscle. Heart rate goes up, right? That's why your heart rate goes up when you're climbing stairs. But If you think about it, if you think of all those, like, you know that everyone's got that one buddy who's like a long distance runner or endurance athlete. And they're like, yeah, my my resting heart rate's 30 beats per minute. You know, like they want to tell you about their resting heart rate and how low it is because that's somehow a measure of how cool they are. That's me. I do that sometimes. Whatever. Why, Why does their heart rate go down? Why does their heart rate go down if they're getting, if they're needing more blood? Well, over time... A sustained elevated heart rate is not good for you, right? It's not good for you because it raises your blood pressure and your heart's working harder. It's pumping more. It's not great for you in the long run. So 
your body starts to adapt. When you get that heart rate up more often, your body starts to adapt. And what it does is the amount of blood your heart is able to pump out goes higher. Right? So say you're 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 climbing up that three flight of stairs at your new college and you're on the tour and there's all these people who you just met and all of a sudden you're starting to breathe a little bit heavier. Your heart is pumping out like a Coke can of blood. I made that number up, I don't know. If you climb those stairs every single day, all of a sudden your heart's gonna start pumping out two Coke cans of blood. So now it only needs one beat for every two beats. It's becoming more efficient at pumping blood. Your blood vessels also begin to swell and move to accommodate for that extra blood, right? That's super important. Guess where else blood goes more? So, so, you're, so you're sending more blood to your muscles, which is great. Guess where else is getting more blood? Your brain. Just like your muscles, your brain is getting more blood and with it the benefits, right? The performance benefits, ooh, the learning benefits, the memory benefits. That's why exercise is so important for gaming because all of these things that your muscles are getting, your brain is also getting. Your brain is getting more oxygen, more nutrients with less work, right? That's one of the many, I mean, exercise is good for all these reasons. You live longer, you're healthier, you decrease your risk of all these issues, but it's gonna make us game better. So let's go, let's go. Um, so when you wanna do aerobic training, what you wanna do is, first of all, calculate your maximum heart rate. So a, a quick and dirty way to do that is 220 minus your age, right? So if I am, let's say I'm 50 years old, I'm not 50 years old, how dare you insinuate that? If I'm 50 years old, my max heart rate is what? 220 minus 50 is 170. So that's my max heart rate. When you're doing aerobic training, you wanna hit around 90%, 90% of 170. I'm not gonna do 90% of 170. Don't even, don't even make me do that. It's 153 beats per minute. So I want to be shooting for 153 beats per minute when I'm aerobic training, right? So you want to do that for at least 15 minutes and you want to do it for 150 minutes per week. But don't go out tomorrow and start trying to run 150 minutes a, a week, right? That's not sustainable. It's about tiny changes. And don't be sitting there kicking yourself if you're not training like that. What I want you to do is do it once. Do it once. Give me 15 minutes and I want you to see how fast you can get your heart rate up. I want you to monitor your heart. If you have a fancy fitness app, congratulations, you're so cool. If not, like me, how you're gonna do this is you're gonna put your fingers to the inside of your neck and you're gonna count the beats. And you're gonna look at a stopwatch and you're gonna count 15 seconds. And you're gonna count the beats. You're gonna multiply that by four, that's your beats per minute. No one's counting for an entire minute. And that is actually gonna be our PogRx for a day. We're gonna do an exercise that's gonna get your heart rate up and it's gonna see how good you are getting your heart rate up, okay? So here it is, your PogRx. Aerobic training leads to improved general health, a decreased risk of cancer, and it improves performance. To train, you're gonna to wanna to reach 90% of your maximum heart rate, which can be calculated by subtracting your age from 220. So how can you quickly reach your max heart rate? These three exercises can be performed right next to your gaming setup, in line at Starbucks, or just about anywhere. For each, check your heart rate before and after by counting your beats for 15 seconds and multiplying that by four.
high knees. Bend your elbows to 90 degrees and hold your hands out in front of you as fast as you can, alternate kicking your knees up to each hand for a total of 50 butt kicks. Standing in one spot, alternate feet by bringing and flexing the knee up and striking your glutes with your heel. Air squats. Keeping your feet shoulder width apart and your chest upright, bend at the knees and hips until you're just above the surface of your seat and explode back up. Do this until you want to puke. Did you reach your max heart rate? Pog. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you are feeling down, if you are feeling like you cannot grind through the rest of your day or you've got a competition or a game coming up and you need that boost of energy, try those exercises. Get that heart rate up. Get that boost of endorphins. Get that blood flow. It's going to help your performance. Try that PogRx. I hope you do. And as always, talk to any doctor before starting any exercise program. This is not a doctor-patient relationship. This is a podcast. So it is time for our guest. Jake Middleton is a, I know I want to call him a friend. He's a friend of mine. He is a performance coach at Adamus, and he was previously on the performance staff at 1HP, another friend of ours here at the show. And before that, a performance consultant at CLG. He has a master's in sports and performance psychology and is certified in exercise physiology. Those are lots of really impressive things. Welcome to the show. Jake, welcome, welcome, welcome to the show. I know you are super, super busy, so thank you for taking time out of your schedule and joining us today. No problem. Happy to be here. So my first question is always my first question. Why does esports need your job? Why does esports need a performance coach? So I could give you a long answer, but, you know, short answer right now, I think, is that there's a lot of problems in esports. And one of the biggest problems is the grind where players, you know, believe that the best way to get better is just to play the game as much as possible. And I think a lot of that, you know, due to the lack of infrastructure um, in esports right now, although that's changing, leads to a lot of health issues. Mm -hmm. And that's just due to the nature of esports, prolonged sitting for long periods of time, lack of physical activity. Um, so really, I think it's important that having coaches in the space that can help to really kind of like help bring this holistic training model um, and really help players not only achieve higher levels of performance, but really just to be better human beings as well and um, how they can take what they learn in esports into other areas of their life. 
I love that. I love that. So we're seeing, you know, the stereotype of the eight hour solo queue, the 12 hour day, the 24 hour stream, definitely still 5,000 million percent exists in the amateur population. You at Atomus and you before that were working with pro teams. Are you still seeing that culture at the professional level when they have all these resources and experience? Are you still seeing that like grind, grind, grind mentality? I'd say yes and no. I, I do think there is a slight shift where there's a lot more power to the players now of where they're starting to become educated. They're starting to get more resources. Organizations are providing this, um, whether it's a sports psychologist mm -hmm. or performance coach or, you know, fitness trainer. And so I think you're starting to see a lot of this change, but not every organization has these kinds of resources or people that want to invest into it. And so there's a lot of organizations, I'd say more probably than, than the former, um, that don't necessarily do these things. And mm -hmm. so, um, there's still a lot of work in progress. Yeah. So we're seeing, you know, we've had, we had Rabiap on, we have had Summer Scott on, we've had a lot of people who fill this role of performance coach, but um, with Robert and with Summer, they are affiliated with one team, right? They're employed by a team, they're affiliated by the team. We're also seeing people like you who are more affiliated either independently or with a company that provides these services. So, are you more working with individual teams? Do you have specific clients you work with? So like if someone wants to hire a performance coach from Atomus, what are they going to expect from you? Yeah, that's a good question. So we uh, we're different than I think other types of practitioners in the space. So we work with multiple different teams. Um, I am one of four performance coaches right now on Atomus. And so basically if you're interested in working with us, um, we can basically find the performance coach that's going to be right for you mm -hmm. and then be able to provide various different expertise um, to help you. So for me, my background's in exercise science. I also have my master's um, almost in December within uh, sports psychology, um, so providing the MST as well. But we have uh, people on the physio side, um, essentially everything. And so really finding what your needs are and how we can help you. And, and we've kind of shifted. We've learned a lot from our previous work um, and really uh, seeing the needs of, of players and providing um, a lot more on the MST side of things. Um, and so um, really, no matter what it is, we can provide that for you. The difference is, is that it's going to be more remote based versus probably in person, although we hope that down the road that we'll be able to get some in-house performance coaches uh, for, for more people. Yeah. I mean, honestly, telehealth, telemedicine is the future. There's there's not a lot of reasons. I mean, some situations need to be handled on site, but the reason we haven't gone to telemedicine years ago is just beyond me. So I support the offsite as well. Absolutely. So you're, uh, some people who watch this show, you know, have really good comments in my Twitter messages are players trying to get better, but some of them are individuals who provide services to teams. And one of the biggest questions we get from coaches and from professionals is generating buy-in, right? Some of the stuff that you deal with, um, if you have no exposure to sports psychology, can seem a little bit different, right? Like you're talking about mindset and setting goals. And if you're talking to a 19-year-old kid who doesn't want to do anything other than order takeout and solo queue, is it hard to generate buy-in? How, how do you get in and, and get the things you're saying to stick? Yeah, I think that's one of the hardest things as a performance coach working in the space. And it's really individual to the client. And mm -hmm. I think trying to find the lowest barrier of entry. And so, you know, if this client is super interested about maybe getting fit, that's a great place to start right there. Um, 
if they want to, you know, improve their nutrition, it's a good place to start as well. And I'm a big believer in microdosing. So really maybe starting small, like it's a warm up, a five, 10 minute warm up mm-hmm. that you do before you start gaming. Um, and then doing that consistently over time. And then, you know, once that becomes easy, change it up, start to add a little bit more. Um, so I, I think that kind of approach can really help when it comes to, to the buy-in. I completely agree with you. People hear about exercise, nutrition, sleep, and think that in order to do those things, they have to sleep for nine hours a night or they have to exercise for an hour and a half. But it's, it is about microdosing, right? It's about doing them for just a little, little, little baby bit because doing five minutes of exercise is doing no minutes of exercise. And if you're so overcome by the concept of working out for a long time and you're not doing it, it's literally nothing. So I love that sentiment so much. Um, okay, so you tweeted recently about the Tom Brady of FPS games. And <laughs> I should talk to you about that because I use Tom Brady as an example all the time. And I love that because, I mean, he's, he's, the, he's the greatest football player on paper that we know of, right? He has more Super Bowl rings than any other institution. Do you actually think we have seen the Tom Brady of esports yet? And why or why not? I think it's hard because I think esports is like it's a it's a collection of different types of sports, right? You've got your MOBAs and you've got your FPS games and whatnot, and that's why I specifically said FPS, FPS. esports yeah. on there because I yeah I don't think it's hard to say you know who's a Tom Brady of esports. I think it's always going to be specific to the the type of game genre, the type of game, um, and so for those that don't know, um, you know the FPS of, of uh, the goat of FPS esports is Ogre Two, who's a Halo player. Uh, highly recommend checking him out. Um, but yeah, I think that uh, it's hard to say that. But you know, when it comes to someone like Tom Brady in traditional sports, like the thing why I think he is the goat is because he does the right things when it comes to what we teach, the performance side of things. He invests millions of dollars into his recovery. He really focuses on his nutrition. All of these things that, yeah, we don't have millions of dollars to invest in, but you can take really small things that are free and be able to do that on a consistent basis that's going to give you an edge. Yeah. So speaking of recovery, you know, you're you're an expert in fitness and recovery, amongst other things. Esports recovery, if I want to be the Tom Brady of Valorant, what do I need to be doing for recovery? So I think it starts with the game. And I think this really meets a lot of players where they're at. So really look at what is your practice schedule and competition schedule look like? So are you playing six hours at one time without a break? And are you doing that every single day um, throughout the week? What does that look like in a month? What does it look like over the entire season? So I think really bringing the concept of periodization to esports and seeing how can you maybe balance gaming, which I consider stress, it's a stimulus, with recovery. And I think that's where it starts. When you can create that, you're going to be able to learn better. You're going to have better adaptations over time. Um, and then you can start to layer everything else on there. So I can do some physical warm-ups for three, five minutes before I play, um, hopefully doing a cool down as well afterwards. That's going to help mitigate injury. It's also going to provide immediate performance benefits and improve health over time. And then, you know, layering in nutrition and other things and slowly, again, microdosing those things and making good habits. Over time, that's going to increase your ability to recover. Um, where we know esports, the growing culture and like just traveling the different time zones and everything can really put a, put a hamper on players. Yeah, it definitely can. And so when you're looking at your esports teams that you're working with and, you know, you have these simple things like five minutes of warm-ups, a little bit of recovery... How many of them are doing that? 
So <laughs> it's funny, the compliance, that's another issue besides the buy-in, of course. And so that's a difficulty, I think, of working remote-based is in something we're looking to integrate more uh, with our services is being able to track behavior change over time and really getting objective data versus just the subjective data from the clients themselves. And so for right now, you know, clients will tell me that, yeah, I did this and it really helped me out. And, you know, I believe them, um, but you don't necessarily really know in their schedule, like how they're doing it. And so I think um, getting more objective tools can, can really, really help. Mm-hmm, definitely. And that's why I'm really, I know you're, you're aware of Wayne and aim lab and everything. And I love the data that they're putting out because they are giving us objective measures of data. You know, you're working on studies and surveys over at Atomus, you know, helping us with objective measures of data. I think that is so important because it's one thing to say, this is going to make you do better. Cause I think it is. And then it's another thing to say, this is going to make you better because this is what the data says. And I, I appreciate all the scholarly work that you uh, have been doing. Um, okay, so I have kind of one more question that may lead into a couple more questions. So the name of the show is PogRx, you know, Rx being a prescription, you're writing down the prescriptions as a medical advice of one thing that people can do tomorrow that will make them better at gaming. What would it be? One thing. Oof, one thing. so much. Yeah, I know, um, I know. Pick one thing i would say focus on your breathing so take a deep breath i I think a lot of times especially in gaming we are unaware of where our breath is at and even posture too like even for me i've been sitting for a while and so my posture is starting to come over a little bit that's right we gotta make the adjustments right oh my god and so, you know, are you breathing in your chest? Are you breathing up higher? Are you breathing in your diaphragm? So really trying to adjust your posture and focus on your breath because that can really affect your autonomic nervous system, mm-hmm. whether you're in a stress response or if you're in a more relaxed response. And so we know from research that when you're gaming in a competitive environment, you are in a stress response. And so I think being able to manage that um, by just really coming back to your breath can help you not only physiologically, but also we know psychologically too, in terms of your performance and making sure you're performing at your best. So pretend like I am a 12 year old who has never understood breath or breath work before. How, what does it mean to come back to your breathing? Like I'm not, am I gonna be like Wim Hof tomorrow? You know, like how, how do I, how do I start doing that? I think it's, it's as simple as just one breath. So right now, you, I mean, you can close your eyes if you want to uh, basically just take a, a nice, clean, deep breath in through the nose, really focusing on the inhale, the air going into the lungs, breathe out through the mouth, and just feel a calm go over your body, spread awareness throughout. It's very mindful and it's very mindfulness-based. And so just starting right there at that point, you know, you're a little bit more mindful. You're in this present moment. And the more you can do that over time, the more consistent you can get with that, um, the more you'll be in this moment and the, the better benefits you'll get. I love that because if you go into an esports team in org and start being like, we're going to talk about mindfulness, like people, some of them might be really into it, but some of them are just going to scoff at you and walk away. But you get them to start doing, you know, breathing and focusing on their breath and it starts working, right? And then you can go a little bit deeper and it starts working, go a little bit deeper and it starts working. So I love that, like, because, you know, you've been in esports performance since when I was in medical school, right? Like you've been doing this for a really long time. So those strategies that you have are so important and they're like so helpful. Do you have any other like 
tips that like that because I it's just I got I literally got like four messages in one week from people being like this is great I want to apply this to my collegiate athletes this is great I want to apply this to my team but no one will listen to me right and I think the mm -hmm. micro dosing and the starting low is is just one of those really 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 good tips have you learned anything else through your you know years of experience multitude of teams that really can help you work initially yeah, I think um, from what I've found is like as a coach, you have two styles. You're non-directive where, you know, you're asking questions and you can help, you know, guide the client to to where you're trying to get them to go. Um, and then you also can be directive as well. And I think so. It, I mean, I never want to make things mandatory or anything like that. So like, you know, hey, we're all going to do a five minute warm up. Um, but I think like uh, to really get people on board is uh, to try to get their peers to really encourage it with them as well. Um, and also it depends on the relationship that you have with, with that athlete, if you can make a really good connection with them. And another point, if they can see the connection between why I'm doing this and how this helps me with my performance, which I think for a lot of these young players, it's really hard to see, mm -hmm. you know, why should I do a physical warm up when I can just, you know, do an aim trainer for 10 minutes. Um, and so if they can really see like, oh, wow, and I've done this before with, with players. So you do a 10 minute warm up. How do you feel afterwards? It's like, oh, wow, I feel good. My mood feels good. I feel like I'm really smooth. My efficiency on the mouse and keyboard is great. So really just trying to, to do some experiments in a way and let them see how this, these connect, I think could be really helpful. But I know that the pushback is, is hard. Mm -hmm. it, it is. But um, my thing is just never give up because sometimes down the road, like it's, you know, they'll, they'll come to you after you develop that relationship. And they'll be like, okay, what do you, what do you got for me? And then, and then at that point, you're ready to go. Yeah. I love that. I love that because that is, that is literally, you have to just prove it to them. You're like, all right, do this ex exercise. Do you feel better? Do you feel warmed up? And then they, you, they do, they notice an improvement. So I, I love that you said that. Um, Jake, this has been fantastic. I've learned a lot. That's what I love. I mean, I love this podcast because I get to talk to my my friends, but I also love it because I like learn things along the way. So I hope people at home learned a lot as well. So your Twitter handle has been below you this whole time. Are there any other things you want to call attention to or projects you want to shout out? So I just say, um, feel free to check out Adamus Esports. You can go to adamusesports.gg or check us out on Twitter as well. Um, we are essentially an esports performance company working with different gaming organizations around the world. Um, and if you have any questions for me, also feel free to reach out, you know, at my Twitter, or, uh, you can catch me through email, uh, Jake at adamusesports.com. And thank you, Lindsay, for, for having me on. Yeah. I mean, Adamus is one of the real ones, right? There's, there's, I think there's a lot of people out there in the space who are trying to do good. And I think Adamus is one of the few who are not the few, but are really using research back practices. They're trying to make the space better for everyone. And I, I, I'm a big fan of, of you all over there. So, so thank you for joining me. Uh, we're, you know, it's, it's been a really a pleasure watching your, your path grow and, and finding you at Adamus was just like a natural step. So it's really cool to watch your career grow too. So thanks for having, you know, coming on. All right, y'all, Jake wants you to focus on your breath. Literally the stuff we give you is like two seconds three seconds to do. If you actually want to get better at gaming, if you have made it this far into the podcast, what's the worst that's going to happen? You spend five seconds focusing on your breath and you move on with your life. Like I encourage you to try this. It's going to make you better. These people have been doing this 
for so long and these are their top tips so I'm personally gonna use it I don't focus on my breath I need to focus on my breath a little bit more so I'm gonna work on it too that's it y'all episode 9 of pog rx is completed thank you so much for tuning in and listening if you haven't there are eight other shows for you to catch and if you want more content check out my twitter at gamerdoc for some occasional memes as well thanks for tuning in have a happy and a healthy week thanks for tuning in we hope you enjoyed this show for more information follow gamerdoc on twitter at gamerdoc underscore and please remember nothing in this video is medical advice yes i am a doctor and yes you may need help but this is the internet and this is for entertainment informational purposes only thank you and have a very nice day